You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Hi, Ryan. Hey, Michael. Good to have you here with me. Uh, Hey, we're going to get right into this interview, but uh, just if you really enjoy the podcast, I'm asking you to subscribe, write a review. Five stars would be great. Um, What are the handles, Ryan, that can follow us? Uh, At Inside of You Pod on Twitter, at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. That's right. You can watch on YouTube. You can listen like you're listening right now. I hope you guys have had a glorious week and you're doing good stuff. You're you're staying healthy and, and having a good time with this thing called life. Um, stick around afterwards. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, read out the old patrons. Those are part of the patron family and give you a lot of updates and uh, stuff about where you can see me, some conventions and uh, merch and all that great stuff. But right now, this guy has been in everything. I mean, Austin Powers. Uh, family guy. Robot chicken. Robot chicken. Can't hardly wait. I mean, the list goes on. You're going to love this guest. He's a delight. I love having him on here. Let's just uh, get into it. Let's get inside of Seth Green. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. You look good. Thanks, man. I so mean, do you. You look like you have beach hair, like a good beach hair. <laughs> you know how your hair is always good at the beach? All right. Yeah, no, I'll buy that. I, I'm, I, haven't, I, haven't, I don't spend a lot of time at the beach, if I'm, yeah. if I'm being perfectly honest. Seth, do you, by, by the way. I wanted to have a roaring fire for you, and it is not <laughs> coming together. Yeah, it's nice, though. Look at that. Where are you? Is that your living room? Uh, no, we uh, retreated to the mountains. You're in the mountains right now? Yeah. Haven't quite got the big snow that uh, the weather's been promising, but it's it's been really quiet, which is nice. Do you recommend leaving the house? Because I really haven't left my house other than a few things a week, but uh, I, I could tell my anxiety is a little through the roof lately. And uh, uh, do you do you get a little cabin fever or do you, do you, is that why you got out? Yeah, well, we were in LA all year and we were in, uh, just extreme about all of our COVID precautions because- you know, you don't so many want people it. got sick. We knew a lot of people that got sick. It was, it was fucking crazy. So we spent the whole year um, working from home uh, and only venturing out in the smallest of scales to get supplies when we needed them. And uh, we mm. didn't really visit with anybody in person until we had successfully over eight or nine months confirmed what we believed was a, a, a dependable bubble. Right, um, right. So by the time it got to Christmas, we were like, I guess we could do this anywhere. So why don't we get out of LA before it becomes an incredible COVID hotspot and uh, get a little bit of quiet uh, so we can actually think and be productive. What do you notice about yourself or Claire when you guys are sort of, I know you're a homebody like me. You like to be home. You like to do a lot, <laughs> a lot of nothing. But even for me, a lot of nothing became... Wow, I just watched the four years of The Crown in in two days uh, <laughs> where you're starting to watch so much TV and you're like, great, and you're, you're stocked in the fridge and, you know, you're outside with your dog in the backyard and all of a sudden you're going, I'm with myself. Oh, my God, I can't be with myself any longer. I mean, you have each oh. other, but were, were there any times where you were like, God, you're annoying me? Or she's like, God, Seth, I just need to. We need to be somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. We we definitely took advantage of the space at our at our house to stay separate from each other when we needed our own space. But I think that's that's something we that's something we we really try to uh, do 
even when it's not a pandemic, because um, we're both such strong-willed individuals. Um, and then us together, you, you, I don't know, I, I have to maintain a healthy respect for her space and her temperament and her need to be by herself. Um, at the same way I expect her to be respectful of mine. So we're, we're pretty good about not getting so on top of each other that we hate each other. But I absolutely feel you on the, I can't absorb any more media. I can't like sit and watch it. I need to be, <laughs> I need to get off the couch and I need to be out in nature, maybe take a hike, even if it's by myself. Yeah, but you're always creating things. You're always doing things. And I've been doing that too, but sometimes I've gotten to the point, not right now, but like a week ago, I couldn't even sit down on my computer and write, or I get anxiety sitting there. Like I can't even sit down and write because I got anxiety and I need to get up and I'm like, what do I want to do? I need to smoke a cigarette. No, you don't. I need to, I mean, it just, it just became this redundant, bad habit fucking cycle. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> so no, I, feel, I feel you, man. That's all, that's all like really fucking tough. The, the thing I, I realized for myself, at least through this quarantine, was that I needed to um, rediscipline in a lot of ways. I'd either developed uh, bad habits over time or worse, um, coasted on my evolution for as long as I could, right? Like you, you make such... Um, Anytime I discovered something that felt, oh, that that's going to change the way I do everything, um, I sort of neglected the need to consistently uh, reinforce it, right? A- anything I've ever been good at, I got there by rigorous, consistent study and practice. And the older I've gotten, the less I feel, oh, I don't need to practice, <laughs> right? And then you right. show up. And start feeling like Bobby Brown when uh, New Edition reunited. You ever see that tape? No. What happened? <laughs> this is amazing. They're all going through their choreography and everybody else in the group is fucking sharp as shit. Like on point. And I think it was TMZ or somebody. They were like, yo, I don't think Bobby's going to make it on this tour. And it was a, a shot of him. Less than a minute of choreography. And he fell on his knees like breathing heavy while the rest of the band continued the dance and i was like oh my god have i become bobby brown i gotta get back in the game like you don't (laughs) achieve anything without practice without discipline right and so especially through this pandemic i had to and i still have to i mean i i can't act like i'm i'm overachieving now it's like right if you want your body to feel strong and flexible you have to stretch and exercise every day no, that's true. I, I never got anything um, given to you. So that's the thing I've been trying to do the most is reignite my commitment to those disciplines so that I can be um, the best at what I want to be doing, you know, what yeah. I mean? or give my best effort. You know, by the way, you're like, you're an actor, you're a producer, writer, all this, some creator. And, 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 you know, you think I could do this. I've done it. I've done it. And then all of a sudden, I mean, is it one of those things where, you start running lines that you haven't got a part for just because you want to stay fresh and you want to think, know you could memorize them. You want to know that you could do it. Did you do anything like that or not really? I'm not really with that intent, but I, um, I did ask my agent, uh, a year, like two years ago to send me auditions. And it's funny, you know, your agents are like, well, you know, you don't need to audition. And I'm like, well, it's not even about 
the auditioning. It's that I, I over time, um, have less of a relationship uh, as I did with casting directors. Um. And I, I feel like that's actually a really important relationship. You need casting directors to believe that you could play a variety of roles. Um, and, and over time, I think the more interviews I, I do and the, the more our culture evolves, audiences are um, inclined to accept everyone as a personality, right? And the more that reality TV becomes the vogue, audiences have an opinion about the personalities. And it's very different from the way you see actors, right? So I always want to be seen as an actor. And I always want casting directors to see me that way. So I was like, oh, let me, let me just go on a bunch of auditions. Let me read for some stuff that's cool. Let me work out. You know what I mean? Let me prepare a scene. Did you get any of those roles or you just auditioned for no, them? None of them. No. Did you and want to? Um, I wasn't opposed to getting a job. Like I went out on each of those things in earnest, but as, as is typical with any kind of casting, you're either the thing or you're not. Right. Oh, yeah. And so with each of those things, when I looked at who got the part, I was like, oh, that's just a fundamentally different type. <laughs> right. We all do. I was like, oh, well, they cast him. It wasn't me. That's oh, right. That guy's, that guy's 60. So it's funny that we were even auditioning for the same <laughs> yeah, role. Yeah, exactly. It's true. I mean, do you still get uh, those those nerves before an audition? Do you still get that kind of feeling? like, Or do, are you so confident in what you do that you just do it? Um, I guess I just do it. Like, I don't have any fear about putting in work and showing it to somebody. That's, that's kind of been my thing the whole time. Um, you know, as a performer, that's the best thing I can do is, is meaningfully prepare something and then demonstrate it and then not care right. when I leave. But do you ever Rosenbaum? Do you ever just bomb it out? In audition? <laughs> Like you've walked out. Have you ever apologized and going, I'm sorry. Thank you for your time. <laughs> no, never, never. <laughs> not. I have. Uh, you know what? That's not true. I had a, God, I, I had one of the worst, one of the worst experiences I ever had auditioning. Tell me. Um, it's so bad. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Take a drink of water. I like hearing these things. So um, I met Alan Ball, the creator of Six Feet Under and True Blood. Uh, back when he was a writer uh, and, a, and a producer, I think, on Sybil. Um, I auditioned for Sybil 10 or 12 times, and I finally got a part on the show. And they had seen me over and over, like each of the producers. We'd met like nine times over the course of this. <laughs> and so when they finally had a part that I could play, everyone was so excited. And I had the greatest time working on the show. Sybil uh, Shepard, Christine Baranski, they, they were so awesome everybody was so awesome and so i love alan ball big alan ball fan when american beauty uh came around i was like i i, I chased it as hard as i could um and, but you know when you see west bentley it's like oh i'm obviously we're very different types that's a very specific thing um and he was awesome in it by the way so stayed in touch with alan and um in the last season of six feet under they were like, uh, this character is going to be recurring against Lauren Ambrose, who I knew from uh, um, Can't Hardly Wait. Real excited, going in for producers. Lauren's going to be in the room. 
God, I can't even remember what year it was, but I had a, a flip phone. <laughs> okay, like, so uh, early 2000s? Somewhere in there. I uh, forgot to turn my phone on before mm-hmm. I went into this audition. And it's in my pocket. And uh, I was already like nervous because I really wanted it to go well. I'm reading with an actor who I've got a depth of familiarity and experience with. We should be able to uh, create chemistry in the way that the scene needs. And I know this whole group. I just wanted to, I just wanted to be awesome. I wanted to validate their um, faith in bringing me in at this kind of opportunity. Right. Like my first line, my my phone rings Mm. and it's so loud (laughs) and distracting and I reach for it and like silence it. And I just look at Lauren like, Oh my God, let's in my eyes. I'm like, okay, let's, let's just stay in this moment. And she's there for me. Were you blushing? Was your face, did your face get red? I just immediately flop sweat. I'm like, uh, Albert Brooks in broadcast news. Like it was, (laughs) I think I left a wet mark on the seat. I was sweating so hard. It was one of the worst I've never, it's, I still like, I'm traumatized thinking about it. Um, and then not, uh, <laughs> not 30 seconds later, my phone rings again. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, no. And I, I silence it again very quickly. But, you know, the rhythm of the scene is fucked. And uh, they're like, do you want to start again? So I'm like, okay. And I'm fumbling, like, trying to turn your phone turn off. My, yeah. And I should have just, like, took it out, apologized, and shut it off. But I didn't. I tried to play it cool. So we started the scene again. <laughs> And of course, my phone goes off again. And I did that thing that nobody wants to do. I took my phone out of my pocket and literally threw it into the depth of the room and turned to apologize to everybody. And then we tried to do the scene again. Of course, my phone rang two more times from the distance now. Jesus Christ. It's on tape, I'm sure. I don't know if they burn any of those tapes. Did did you talk to Lauren afterwards and said, oh, my God, I'm sorry. Or you just kind of let it go? I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. I think I blacked out so much of that. I don't even remember finishing the scene or saying goodbye. Like I was so embarrassed. I had to go collect my phone from the depth of the room. I got anxiety thinking about that. I I had one. I think I told this on a show a long time ago, but maybe Ryan, you cut it. I don't remember. But uh, I went in to read. This guy cast me in Urban Legend. He cast me in Pool Hall Junkies, Sorority Boys. He brought me in for this Liam Neeson part and uh, movie the gray or something sure and i went in there and i didn't know the material and i thought i could just like half read half do it yeah. <laughs> and i'm not kidding i go ah oh, fuck man can we start off oh, shit pa- uh you know uh john papsadera paps can we can we do this again uh-huh. yeah he's the best and i read yeah, it and then i, I go john. i go oh man just uh you, you want to take a few minutes I go, yeah so i went and took a few minutes then i came back and started reading it it just was like i could not get through it and I go, listen, man. And finally, we got through it. And he goes, thanks, Rosie. And I go, John, I really want to apologize. Uh, I was fucking up. No, 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 no. You're, you're awful. Still good. I go, no, dude. That is, I mean, I know how bad I was. And uh, there's no excuse for it. So uh, I'm just really sorry, dude. Uh, I, you, know, <laughs> you know, I'm usually game and I just wasn't. And I've had those moments. I've had those moments where a director's really into it. And then when he's really into it, I'm like, kind of like, oh, fuck, fuck. He's really likes me. And then he's giving me direction. He's like, yeah, yeah. All right, do this. I want you to do this. And then this and this. And then I'm like, 
oh my god i'm on the verge of getting it uh, and then i fuck up i mean that's happened a few times oh, i mean honey. just but, it, but like that that's life there's sometimes where i fucking go in there and i i krisnush you know i guarantee that uh john's right that even your awful is pretty great uh, um, i wouldn't say that but and you are somebody who is so capable of not just being present in real life but being very present in scenes like you give to your work so completely that you feel vulnerable and stress out about being revealed to that depth well I, ne- I never thought about you're that. so good at this well, thank you. you're both very very funny <laughs> and a truly convincing actor so well i mean don't, look don't I, pull your cord don't pull i, your cord I know i know but like you know people don't know <laughs> so, people don't know seth sometimes what goes through your mind like i could play a role like i could go into a room and everybody's saying oh god this guy's full of confidence and that but i'm not i i could fake the shit out of it i could go in there and kill something but inside i'm kind of like going and maybe it's because i care so much maybe because i want to be great i want to and that desire to be great that desire to be perfect is a is not a healthy thing to to be per, to to say hey i'm going to do my best that's healthy but to be perfect yeah. is impossible did you ever yeah. do that where have you been hard on yourself where you know you have to be great you have to be perfect people have to love you you want everybody to love you and and, and if you did how do you get through that uh yes to the first part not to the second part so i love to be technically flawless i love to put the work and discipline in and then show off my attunement to a specific skill um but i don't um it's not the applause and it's not the love of the audience i i don't know how else to explain it but that's never been my drive like obviously i want people to like me but i am not um inflated or uh benefited by seeing my name in lights or the size of never my, like I, never have been like that ever like none of the no none of this none of the none of the like it's it's a weird thing man it's in the doing of it for me um wow right so like my favorite thing is really um knowing my material so completely that i make a, a character feel like a person so that the person connects to the audience and like feels the emotion in whatever the story is so that the audience receives that emotion. That's my favorite, my favorite thing. And it, it came from watching people on stage and watching people in commercials convey a sentiment to me in the audience that made me feel any which way. I was like, I think that's what I do. And I could, and I realized it really young, you know? So that's always been my end. And it's, it's less about the, it is about the technical perfection of it, the, the mimicry of a character voice or the, the execution of a performance um, in a way that's so clear, it, it gives it to the audience with a minimum of words. Like that's, that, that, that's the thing that, that turns me on the most. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out. And it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. 
Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And, I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy, oh, the weeks where I miss a session, of course, yeah, yeah, it's just it's 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 like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up, and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small, and at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash inside inside of you is brought to you by rocket money i love rocket money you know why because everyone should have rocket money because it just helps you save money how many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money it's just throwing away money ryan i i found one you and you did it you told I me i got rocket money <laughs> okay i found one it i'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on but thank you for finding it <laughs> my god it was embarrassing <laughs> yeah because it's like you want to watch some show and you go oh, i have to subscribe to this uh this streaming dev- uh, whatever mm-hmm. and you you start streaming the show you watch it you leave and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month it's, it is embarrassing Ugh. you know 75 percent of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about before i started using rocket money i thought i had you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. Now, that's an innate maturity that I, I can't imagine you've had since the beginning of your career, which started when you were a young boy. I guess you had, do you believe there's a certain, I guess this is multifaceted, this question. Wow. Uh, but I can't believe I'm asking a two-parter. Uh, but as, oh, yeah, It's heavy, man. But as a kid, <laughs> I, you always look at kid actors and they're like, always oh, great. Why is that? that it, because they have a fearlessness to them or whatever it is that you maybe convey. And not all kids are great, but when you watch kids' performances, 
it's almost like they don't care and they're so comfortable in a way, at least the ones when I think of uh, Sixth Sense and, you know, even you as a young boy in some roles, radio days, just whatever. And then, then, then there gets to be a point where, I mean, have you just always acted? So it never, that confidence sort of never left you or that. And also like dealing with fame and stuff. Does that, do you enjoy that? Do you enjoy being famous? <laughs> well, that's a, that is a lot of part. So I grew up with a lot of kids that wanted to perform, that loved performing. And we were the, the ones that sort of found each other. Then there were the kids that wanted to be famous, right? And those kids usually burn out very fast because what it actually takes to do this job over the course of your life is so much. And you, 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 you suffer so much heartbreak if you actually give a shit about it, um, that that becomes overwhelming and defeating. Um, but my goal has always been the same and that's helped me stay connected even when I'm deeply insecure about my ability to continue to do the thing. Right. Like I've been, I've been able to consistently work over my entire life. It's almost 40 years of, of doing this. And it's, it's only through finding ways to not take it personally. It's never about you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Finding a way to be confident in whatever I've prepared for uh, an audition or a job. And also like put my heart and soul in something and then not care once I leave the room, like that's, that's years of acquiring the discipline and also the, the simple reality, man. I've seen so many people come and go. So many people come and go. So yeah. many, like from the time they're kids to the time they're adults, I've seen every version of it. I've worked with tons and tons of people. And did you call and, it like in the back of your head? Like they're not going to last. Um, I, there's been times when I highlight specific behavior and I'm like, well, that's probably not going to, that's probably not, that's probably going to work against you. But um, the thing that's consistent about anybody that's stuck around is uh, hard work, being a nice person, you know what I mean? Um, and continued like discipline. Every, anybody that's stuck around has kept learning the whole time. They work really fucking hard without asking. Cause that's just what you do. And then they're nice to people. Cause why, <laughs> why not be nice to people? I know. We literally play pretend for a living. Yeah. And so no matter how expensive that becomes, like these $200 million movies that are multi-billion dollar industries, like that's a lot of pressure to put on anyone, but we're still doing the same job. We're putting on these costumes and we're putting on a show. So don't, don't emotionally destroy yourself over that. It, it, it really isn't. Uh, it's not saving the world the same way. <laughs> right. You make that sound so simple, but really the two things are hard work and being a good person, being a kind person. Those are, those are the main <laughs> things. If you work really hard and you have and some talent nice and you're nice to people, you're probably going to work. If you're an asshole and you're not great, people will find someone else. Yeah. If you're successful, people will tolerate a remarkable uh, amount of bad behavior, but I think we're becoming less tolerant of it. I think uh, it really feels like the industry over the last several years has had a, a highly reflective moment and has worked to alter itself, you know, yeah. through every facet. I'm optimistic. What about being famous? Is there, obviously there's pluses. I mean, you know, I, I love getting free shit. I love, 
you know, being invited to Lucas Ranch. I love being, you know, God bless. I mean, there's things I've done that were just dreams to me as a kid and still are dreams that I'm fulfilling. And uh, I love that. But with fame, obviously, it's not always easy. People are like, oh, poor guy. He did this. And everything you do is scrutinized. And um, I mean, do you enjoy the fame or do you like uh, I'm obviously you're an incredibly kind person. I've met you. I've never seen you raise your voice to anyone. I've always seen people come up to you and you just sign autographs and you're fine. But uh, do you get tired of it? Um, well, I'm I'm someone that actually likes to spend time by myself. So that's compromised um, a degree of anonymity that I enjoyed without realizing that it was a perk. <laughs> but um, there's definitely pluses, right? Like there's things that I get to do because people recognize my face or have a, um, a predetermined opinion of me even before we meet. So it makes our encounter far more positive than their average encounter with any other person. Like I get an instant icebreaker, which is very helpful in conversations. Cause I'm, I wouldn't say I'm socially awkward, but I'm not, um, I've definitely spent my life <laughs> overcoming all those basic social fears. Right. Uh, and so being recognizable helps shortcut a little bit of that. And it also gives me a bit of a magic power um, in conversations to make people smile or laugh, which is one of my favorite things to do. Me too. Sure. Yeah. You know, downsides are that um, y- you can't really have a good day. Freudian uh, uh, <laughs> slip. Uh, well, let me, let me, let me say it like this. I heard, um, God, in an interview in the late 90s, uh, Pep from Salt and Peppa, she said, the hardest part about being famous is you can't have a public bad day. Right? Because the, millionth time you meet an excited fan is the only time that fan meets you. Wow. And so what do you want that moment to be? I think about that all the time. Like I don't uh-huh. need to let it dominate. I, I, when I, when I first started getting recognized, I really, I couldn't help myself, but to cater to it, I felt such an incredible responsibility to make that person's experience so significant that I would neglect my actual friends or family that I was in the middle of hanging out with. And I had people, people became so bold, man. Like I was in the middle of slow dancing with a girlfriend on a beach and somebody literally got between us and put their hands on either of our shoulders and was like, yo, can we take a picture? (laughs) Jeez. I became a stall man in the bathroom because so many fucking creepers when the camera phone oh, uh, became yeah. invented, my world changed. And when someone like puts their phone above your toilet stall, you're like, what, what do you want out of this? They want to see you poop. Maybe. <laughs> I had that once I was in a, I was at a concert not too long ago. I think it was Chicago or something. I was seeing the band Chicago. Uh, they're still around. And uh, you know, we're, I'm in there and the guy goes, he looks at me, he goes, I know you, man. I'm like, yeah, what's going on? He's like, yeah, man, can we get a picture? I go, hey, can we have a conversation after I'm done holding my dick? And he's like, oh, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was cool, but it was just like, I mean, I am holding my penis urinating in a stall. Can you wait a minute? I, I could, but it, would be, it wouldn't be as good a story. It wouldn't be as good a story as Lex Loser was holding his dick. Look at this picture of us with our dicks. <laughs> this is great. 
Why does it always go back to that accent? I grew up I in know. Indiana, but it always goes, man, tell me. So why can't it be like, I was looking at Lex Luthor's dick. See, we could flip the script right now and become a more woke Hollywood if we just started doing less derisive impersonations. <laughs> I think so. I think that's going to happen. I think that's slowly going to happen. <laughs> oh, I love it. But you are you are a good guy, and I think that goes a long way. Do you ever watch yourself and go, oof, I'm not good in that? Have you ever done As that? As an actor? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. What, oh my God. what role did you watch that maybe people really liked that you didn't like what you did? I'm not going to point that out. Like, that's one thing I learned early on is let the audience have their own experience. What is something you watch and go, I did my job there. I thought I was uh, decent. I thought I did a good job. Um, well, there's a couple, there's a couple performance opportunities that I've had that I love. And I, and I did the thing that, um, felt the best to me, which was like, be in it, be in it so much and be technically, um, efficient to a degree that it yields the right emotion, the right laugh, right? Like I was, um, um, Austin Powers is one of my favorite things because I was just rooted in that character and I was um, liberated at every channel to improvise and just follow a laugh, but in character. There's something so magical happened when we were making those movies. And that's why we got to make three of them because everybody felt it from 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 the people making it to the audience. And I was like, that's oh, something, something cool is happening here. Everybody was just in it and firing on all cylinders. So that feels amazing. Um, I felt like um, uh, can't hardly wait. I was so present. And it's it's that thing, man. I worked so hard on that. Like I knew my lines backwards and forwards. I spent so much time thinking about who that character was and why, why I was behaving the way that I was, why I said the things that I said from scene to scene. And by the time we, and, and plus uh, Devin Harry were so great directing that and the, the cast we got, like Lauren and I, we worked, we worked hard on all of those scenes. And, and then every day, every day I woke up and I exercised and I drove to, um, uh, what the fuck's it called? Valencia. Um, and I listened to the rap music that I was convinced Kenny Fisher spent every day listening to on my drive. And I just <laughs> knew it and I ah. felt it. And I like tried to get into this. I was so into it. So I feel like you can see that. You can see that in the, in the performance. That's um, great. That's same thing great. with Party Monster. But it was the work, right? Like it's never not the work. There's never like, oh my God, one of the best things I did. I didn't even know the fucking lines and I'd never read the script and I just showed up and improv it because I'm so talented that I could just show up and do it, right? It's never I, those. I love that. <laughs> it's always the stuff where you're like, oh my God, I studied that. I looked at the me. I like practiced. I rehearsed. I did this, uh, this blocking over and over and over and over so many times that I got a blister on my foot. It's those it's You're right. always that You're where right. I'm like, God, that felt the best. Again, it's the work. It's the work. You got yeah. hard work. You know, hard Seth work. MacFarlane said when I you. I mean, it's not busting concrete, but, you know. Hey, <laughs> sometimes it feels like it's a different it. kind of work. It Seth, gets you through the emotional ringer. Seth MacFarlane said in the audition for uh, Family Guy, you were off the rails, he says. <laughs> when, you know, when you go in for an audition, sometimes 
99% of the time you think this is what it reads as. This is what it is. This is uh, on the whatever, the the stone guy or the surfer kid or whatever it is. And I'm going to read it like, oh, they want a surfer. So I'll be like, oh, hey, man, what's going on, brah? Oh, they want a stoner guy. It's like, hey, man. They, and so you go in. What was it like going in for Family Guy? What was going through your mind? Um, I had been digging around with Charlie Cosmo for over a week doing an impersonation of Ted Levine from uh, Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> right, right, right. Charlie came into town to do the press junket for Can't Hardly Wait. <laughs> and we spent the week, um, <laughs> they sent us all of the clippings, right? Like, they're like, hey, here's all the press points you got. And it was at the time for a copied printout <laughs> with all of our reviews. I don't know if you know this, the reviews of that movie were not kind. And they singled out each of the actors individually. And in more than 10, just attacked our physical aesthetic. Oh. So, so Charlie and I were like, all right. And we had just done not a mean-spirited press junket, but, you know, a lot of people are like, why did you make this? <laughs> and so you, you get, I got to the point where we weren't even defensive. We were just like, let's just have fun with this. So we were highlighting every um category of insult and then just sort of walking each other through the ptsd oh my god and um he stayed with me and i don't even know how we got off on the topic but we just started talking about the character from silence of the lambs getting odd jobs and doing everything from being a roller rink dj which i was to trying to order something at jack in the box because <laughs> that his character is so specific and he, he does this really dark kind of thing. Oh, uh, well, wait a minute. Was she a great big fat person? And so <laughs> I've been doing that impression for years too. I just, I'm enamored by that guy. And I finally worked yeah, with him and I'm like, hey, doing? He's like, oh, good. How are you? I'm like, holy shit, you talk like that. He's a brilliant actor. Oh, and yeah. That performance is incredible. Uh, but that character is so indelible that we just joked around, putting, like, mimicking the whole thing. And so I read that script for Family Guy and I loved it. I wanted it. You know what I mean? It was so funny. I was like, ah, this will never last on TV, but let me be a part of it. And so I. I came in and I did the like, what's up, Dodge? Fight the machine. And did the whole surfer thing. And I was like, can I? This may be stupid, but can I try something? You know what I mean? And it's always that. It's always the risk that you take. It's always the, I got, I got a lot of jobs that didn't read um, from a stage, uh, uh, stage direction standpoint as me, right? I'm 5'4", I'm redheaded, I'm very pale. <laughs> and I'm not what you'd call conventionally attractive, but I have a lot of personality, right? And that's always that's always kept me going. So I like to try shit, you know? Most casting people, they, it, it's like they want something specific, but what they really notice is somebody that shines. And you never shine doing it the way, oh, it, it, it organically reads this way. Right. You got to add something. The actors that we both love, they're just they're in it 
they make choices and they just they they just they're disciplined with it. So you, yeah. you, you and it's you, like not everybody's walking, right? Not everybody's like got the bits. Right. But you so you said I want to try something. Was this the last thing you were gonna do before you were done with the audition? I didn't even know I was gonna do it. I honestly didn't even I think Corsmo dared me to at one point. He's like, Oh, you should do uh Buffalo Bill. Like, what if he was Buffalo? What if what if what if Buffalo Bill's day job was being this family's kid? <laughs> Hey Dad, can I have a large shake, please, from McDonald's? I mean, what um, is- Dad, I think the baby is crying. Hey Dad, <laughs> can I have five dollars for the cinema? Yeah, Dad, I'm really glad you got fired from your job. Way to take care of us. Hey Dad, I got paddled in school today. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I pooped my pants. <laughs> so what'd you do in the audition? What did you say? What was the lie? I said, uh, hey, can I try something? Um, my buddy and I have spent all week. <laughs> do, you, do you remember the Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs? And I remember McFarland was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, what if I did that? And then I just tried it. And it was so fucking weird that I think it made everybody laugh. And I thought, I'm never going to get this job. And then I got it. And I was like, ah, there's, there really is like a magic to the universe. So wait, so you, you did you, did he ask you to do, okay, do that, but can you do a little less of the, or, or can you do a little more of a kid doing Buffalo so what's Bill? a younger, yeah, is there a younger version of it? And I just sort of pitched it up a little bit. But it didn't, the whole first, like the whole first season of it, it's really down there. It's really low where it's just like, uh, um, pretty sure I got her business card. Like it's really. (laughs) That's amazing. That's one of the best Hollywood stories ever. The fact that they're like, oh yeah, that. And yeah. it works. You watch the character and you're like, this is perfect. Well, it's evolved really far from that. Although we have done some homages to it in the, um, in the 20 seasons that we've been on the air. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. robot chicken are you coming back for an 11th yes we're actually uh are we shooting it we've written the whole thing we've got a half hour special that hasn't been announced yet that i'm incredibly excited about um and then uh and then yes a whole 11th season is on the way well thanks for having me on by the way that was a dream and i'm so glad you got you had me on that was so fun i was super confused that you that you'd only done it the one time yeah, I had I think, so much I think fun. overall this time I've just assumed everybody has done it. So I'm always surprised when, especially a friend of mine is like, hey, why haven't you ever had me on the show? And I'm like, no, not on purpose. <laughs> I don't know if I said that. I just said, hey, if you ever need me on, here's what happened. I go, hey, if you ever need a voice, anything on Robot Chicken, you go, wait, you haven't been on it? 
And I go, yeah. no. He goes, he goes, yeah, you'll get on it. And I immediately called our casting. I was like, please put Rosenbaum on for whatever comes up. That was That's awesome. That's worth his time. Oh, <laughs> I would have done one line. I would have done it. I would have just yelled. Hey, I don't love that. I love when people come in and get to do something. That's why that's why we have everybody do three parts. Well, this new show, Blark and Son on comedy series on Comedy oh, Central. Yeah. <laughs> I, dude, I like I, in an interview, you said this is like, you know, it's the weirdest thing you've done or maybe you put it on Instagram. And then I go, yeah. OK, let's see if how weird Seth's talking. And then I watched it. I go, whoa. <laughs> this is fun. I felt like I was watching that Phil Collins video in this other world yeah. we live yeah. in. It was so um, it's I love we, it. Yeah. I love so the glad. the junior characters. Oh, 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 oh. Just the cat the, <laughs> the you guys have to see this on Comedy Central. It is so bizarre <laughs> that I mean who came up with this? That's all uh Ben Bayou. The um uh, this is this is something I I haven't had to. It sounds silly. I haven't had to do anything for this except consistently affirm that it's a good idea, right? So very <laughs> very early on, it's years ago now. Ben um, wanted to produce. He showed us the puppets first, and he was like, "This is a thing." And then I, I can't even remember if he had filmed the demo or not, but they were gonna do it on Instagram, and just just make it. And so we financed that. And then it got picked up from Instagram to be, um, do you remember when Verizon had a platform for a second? Yep. Go 90. So go 90 came after us and was like, we'll finance uh, a run of shorts. And so we produced a series of shorts for them. And then that whole thing went out of business and we got the rights back and sold it to comedy. Um, to make an online series that also re-airs on the network. And so I, I, again, I just think the thing is so fucking funny. It's so creative. So it's creative. so strange. It's full of incredible performers and unbelievable production value. Um, it is by far the weirdest thing that it's we've so made. Weird. It's so weird. It's so, you can't stop watching it. That's how weird it is. You can't stop watching these characters. Like, oh. These characters are so larger than life that I'm just like going. Oh my god! I gotta keep you, watching this. If you go to the Instagram page and look I might at get all high the and watch shorts it. that uh, that they filmed, it's it's just very very funny and smart and really captures something about um, family dynamics and then you know neighborhood dynamics. Um, and the the biggest thing is I love all that tech. Right, because it's the exact same stuff that you would use to make a monster movie. Right, so if you're going to make American Werewolf in London, it's the same principle. It's all the same machines and materials and stuff. So I've been I've been trying to fortify that department of our studio um, so that we can render visual effects for um, something that a feature I want to make. Wow! And you have all the tools. It's like you have the studio. You have this. It's like a smorgasbord of. Uh... Just, I, I mean, you have so many ideas and you have the uh, ability to pursue these ideas in an easier way when it comes to that sort of uh, platform, right? Well, I mean, it's always hanging on by a thread, <laughs> right? Everything is always sort of on a thread because um, you're, you're, you talk about the consistent employment of hundreds of people. Um, and so there, there's a lot of management involved in that, like, um, like that whole department that I'm talking about. Um, They've been doing the uh, masks for the Masked Singer for the last two seasons, and um, the same the same shop essentially that does Blarkinson. Oh, hey, say hello. 
Come here, Claire, come on. how are, are you? you? I'm good. I hope y'all are having fun. We are. We love you. I miss you. I can't wait till this is over so we can hug it out. I know. Uh, <laughs> I miss hugs. I know. I'm going to hug the hug your was so good. <laughs> I'm going to hug the shit out of you. Like, honestly, a long hug. Like, he wasn't kidding. It's going to yeah. be a long, hard hug. The long and hard hug. Uh, man, that's awesome. I love that you get to do that. But you're talking about the mask singer and the, uh, Oh yeah. So, so, but you know, with the, it's like that, uh, with, with that department, it's only as big as it needs to be. But the idea is that you can grow and shrink some, some things. Um, and it's all the same. It's all the same technology. Hey, so, uh, the episode, it aired right. We're on family guy or Seth green versus Seth McFarlane, where you're playing Right, but the characters are talking at each other. I saw that online, but was oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah? That started. Um, <laughs> Explain the situation how it how it started. Well, it it started as something like genuinely unbelievable that both Family Guy and Robot Chicken were um, uh, working with Lucasfilm to make uh, dedicated episodes uh, for Star Wars. Um, and so Seth MacFarlane and I, who have known each other since um, 98, and um, we were commiserating backstage at one of the panels where we were going to go talk, at, at this family guy panel, to talk about the Star Wars thing. And we were both like, how the fuck is this happening? <laughs> this is the coolest thing ever. We're making Star Wars specials for our respective shows. That's, that's nuts. <laughs> it's nuts. Nuts. And um, we were making them at the exact same time, writing them at the same time, which was actually such a benefit because I could call their writer's room and say, hey, we're doing a cantina joke that's shaped like this. What's your cantina joke? Oh, we're doing a trash compactor joke that's shaped like this. What's your trash compactor joke? And in, in a couple cases, we were in the same territory and were able to keep our uh, stuff um, um, separate so that we weren't overlapping each other right. in a specific joke or a specific idea. And it was, uh, it was fucking awesome, man. And so um, just because of the nature of production, we robot chicken beat family guy to air <laughs> and aired first. And um, after we had, I think it was even after we'd done, we were in the middle of pickups. So they had started rendering animation for the family guy one <laughs> and I came in to do a, a set of pickups and that scene, which is not a post credit tag, but it's like the end of it has Chris talking to Peter about, um, well, dad, that was very exciting, but you know, technically robot chicken did it first. And then Peter's like, ah, yeah, but you know, Chris, that's not a uh, real show on a real pro, a real network. And it is, it's so mean and also really disparaging of me and of Robot Chicken, but it's also very, very funny. And in the context, he sort of cops to the fact that we aired first, even though like millions of less people saw it. And it just, I don't know, none of us really care. But it went and back so, and forth, right? So it went back. Yeah. yeah. And, well, turned- and then they did it in all three, in all three of the, um, uh, family guy specials and they start getting like far more specifically targeted against me seth green as an actor yeah what would they say what was one of the i don't remember it was just they made they made fun of movies i've done but it also you know it is funny and i just don't care um it was so funny and I think people enjoy the fact that we all know each other oh man but it's good you're in good spirits you both can go at it and have fun with it well i i th- you know 
some of my favorite stuff is the is the Friars roasts, is um, old episodes of the Match Game. Yeah, I think people. I think that's why Twitter worked in the first place is because people enjoy conversations amongst any artists that they are interested in. Right. Uh, this is called Shit Talking with Seth Green. Shit Talking with Seth Green. Uh, Let's talk some shit. Talking some shit with my patrons. If you want to join Patreon, you should. It's awesome. Uh, this is Rapid Fire. Steph A, how much of your entourage persona is you and how much is exaggerated? Uh, it's 100% exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> Brandel, what is the most challenging voice impression that you can do? I think the hardest stuff for me to do is like really, really high end things. Like if I'm, I mean, like trying to do a baby crying or, or something that's a lot of screaming, like, Oh my God, I've had to do um, death eaters for Harry Potter sketches. And that's, that's really not fun. Do you lose your voice? No, it's sort of a backwards breathing thing where you're like, "Ah, I'm coming to kill you. (laughs) Crazy shit you get to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Leanne P, of all the characters you've played, which one do you identify with the most? Um, I don't know. I mean, I find something in every character that that feels organic. Deflection. Um, huh? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I said this is the truth. I mean, I, I really do. If I'm if I'm interested in playing a character, it's because I feel like I can give them an honesty, and so there's got to be something in them that I identify to, even if it's not. A, a, decision making that i'd relate to right like your character makes decisions sometimes that you as a person can't relate to and so you gotta find some Mm. organic way to come to that conclusion or you just can't be honest in your performance i like it little lisa (laughs) i do it's that's good answer little lisa what's something you can't go a day without doing besides seeing your wife um i don't know i think i like to think i'm fairly adaptable deflection no i'm kidding it's the truth i don't um i don't love um addictions um i don't i don't like uh bad habits Mm. um but i also haven't been dependent on any specific thing to get through a day right and since i've spent my whole life working in unpredictable conditions and still having to render a very specific service regardless I, I, I like to think I've become adaptable and I don't, I don't need much. Maisha says you were almost cast as Jay and Mallrats. Can you talk about what the process was and what happened? I don't think it's accurate to say that I was almost cast as Jay and Mallrats. There was really no, I don't think there was ever a point where anybody took seriously the idea of Jason Mewes not playing that part. Um, and the process was, um, uh, we got caught because uh, uh, it's not Don Simpson and it's not. Do you remember? God damn it. I can't believe I'm, I'm Jerry Bruckheimer. No, 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 no. It was the, the casting director and his first name is Don. And he had cast um, days and confused. And the way that they had done that was they basically had a chemistry party over a day and got a bunch of pizzas and got a bunch of actors and had them all workshop scenes together and then they selected who they thought looked the best on camera and had the best chemistry. And so when the same casting director was casting Mallrats, he employed the same idea where <sighs> dozens of actors, um, it, it was so many people, it's crazy. 
And each of us came in and out of the room being paired up in a variety of places. Um, and I, when I found out that, because J- Jason was there, we were all in the same hallway for like 11 hours as they paired us up in groups and went in in all different varieties of the group. And I already felt dumb about trying to be Jay when Jason Muse <laughs> was in the running for Jay. It's like, oh, I know. It's so weird. it felt so futile in the first place. And I also wanted to really distinguish my take on Jay from what Jason had done in Clerks. But at the same time, it's written out snoochie booches. And you're, you're like, well, how, how do I read this line without it? Right. I mean, God, yeah. You know, <laughs> like a, like a, like a J, like a J ripoff. So, um, you know, the process was harrowing. I just chased laughs the entire time. I just, I just peacocked all around. Cause that, that would, the, the spirit of that character for me was just unapologetically loud and takes up space. Yeah. Right. So that's fun. Um, Cause I'm not a big guy. So taking up a lot of space you know, it's why Kevin Hart's so popular is because he's an enormous personality. Right. I love right? it. So that's what I did, but it wasn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Ross, did Tim Curry scare you to death while filming it? No, I was such a Tim Curry fan when I got that job that I was in awe of him um, as a student is to a master. And I sat at his feet and asked him questions all the time. And I just followed his lead on process. It was so fucking exciting to get to spend time with him, to get to work with him. I, I mean, it, it really was, um, especially him. Like, I loved him so much. And his roles and performances meant so much to me by the time we got to work together that I was not going to fail. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't going to fail. I worked so hard to be prepared for every scene in that, in that one too. Wow. <laughs> Karen B. Last question. What are some of your best memories of working with Robin wait, Williams? Wait, I have to, I feel like I have to follow up on that just one more time. Oh yeah, no, go. I'll, I'll, well, you could Tim edit was that so much. cool that we stayed in touch um, after working together and he was just incredibly kind and generous in ways that few people are. Um, so even beyond getting to work together, I just love that man. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So what was it like in your best memories of working with Robin Williams on old dog? Oh, <laughs> um, I mean, that whole thing was really fun and special for me. Um, we'd met, um, before, but not, not like that. Um, and the first day that we got to work together was a scene with a lot of improv potential in it. And we just had a great time. I was like, whatever you give me, I'm going to send it back to you. And, uh, you know what I mean? As to, it was just like electric. Wow. Awesome. And then throughout the rest of making that movie, we, we went back at one point and, uh, got a bunch of scenes. They, they totally changed the ending. Um, and we shot a bunch of pickup stuff and even that was just hilarious. It's just so much fun. Um, you know, he's truly one of my heroes. Um, getting to know him even 
peripherally. Um, and getting to work with him is like one of my proudest things. <laughs> Did you ever n- notice anything? Because, you know, he's always the happy guy. I always, I, I can relate where I, you know, I go, not to Robin Williams, obviously he's brilliant. I'm just saying in terms of like always being the center of attention, I always felt like as a kid, I've always, I felt like that was the only way I could get in. And, 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 you know, it was, uh, did you feel like, did you ever see the real side of him? Did you think, did you ever fe- see a innate sort of sadness or anything like that? Or was it always just kind of fun and fun and, uh, you know, good time. No, we, we, I got, I got to spend a couple of really quiet moments with him. And I was, I was uh, even grateful for that. We, we did an extensive amount of press for that movie, including like a whole, um, golden globe, uh, a series of interviews with the farm press. And I, I was just with him that whole day. Uh, and it was a long day. And we um, had lunch together in his room. Um, and really, we're just quiet, like just sat in the quiet, because it had been so noisy, it had been so chaotic. And I took his comfort in not needing to perform for me. Um, and me not needing to entertain him. Wow. Yeah, you know, the. I didn't know that he was sick, and he didn't let on that he was struggling with um, his interpretation of things. Um, but I did see him in between scenes, right? So, like, when uh, uh, Lillard and Dax and I were working together in between scenes, we were just like, you know what I mean? Right. Keeping that vibe. And Robin in between scenes would just go sit in a quiet corner and play Sudoku. Sudoku? Sudoku. Sudoku? Just like yeah. brain challenges. Yep. Brain challenges. Just brain challenge. Video game, brain challenges. And we talked a lot about comics and video games. And he, he just voraciously consumed stuff. Wow. But I didn't realize in that time that he was struggling with uh, cognition, with interpretation, with uh, even basic motor function. And nobody knew. Nobody yeah. knew until after. And, uh, you know, I had Bobcat on the show a while back, and he talked about it because he was close friends with him. And they, he, he opened up a little bit about that. And uh, it's tragic. It's like I think a lot of people that we know we always see this fun loving hey how are you but we don't really know what they're going through or what they do when they go home or what you know kind of like the 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 clown with the painted face and the painted smile and sometimes we we don't know exactly and so you know i have a you know on this show i always talk about mental health and you know you never know what other people are going through and so it's just important to to try and just like you said be kind be nice yeah and I didn't, I didn't originate that philosophy, but I no, do really you didn't. Do and I think Henry Winkler did. I think Henry Winkler originated that. The nice. Oh, I buy that. <laughs> he's, he's one of the kindest. He Fuck, really I love is. That man. He is. He's super. Well, dude, this, I don't want to take any more time. This is, this has been great. Oh, yeah. It's such a chore to catch up with you, Michael. <laughs> it's such a chore. Like, I'm glad we need this podcast to stay friends. What if I wrote you an email after this and said, hey, I, I really didn't even want to interview. I, I just needed you. I needed to talk to you. I just wanted to hear your voice. I, I thought for sure that's what this was. But it's it, just it kind the, of is. The podcast format that makes it much easier to open up to each other. <laughs> you know what, though? It is nice to just, you know, two friends to talk and open up and uh, hopefully give back to, to some of the people that are listening that, you know, listen to the show or, or, or fans of yours or whatever. And, uh, 
No, it's important to me. And after this, I just, it, I just feel like I got a lot from it. And uh, so thank you. Me too, man. And you know, everybody, everybody struggles with that imposter syndrome. Everybody doubts themselves and any artist that is like really compelled to create is forced to ask who gives a shit about anything that I'm making. And you just can't let that stuff guide you. You know, you've got too big a heart to get in your own way. Thank you, my friend. No, I appreciate that. And uh, so I'll just write you a check or Venmo you after. No, man, but I'm going to cash it in your ass next time I see you. <laughs> give, me, give me the old <laughs> ATM swipe of the ass, buddy. Dude, I love you, Seth. This has been great, though. Thank you so much. Love you back. Love Seth Green. What can you say about him other than he's a great guy? Thank you for listening. And uh, I hope you enjoyed that. If you enjoyed it again, please subscribe to the podcast and stick around for other guests that are coming up. Uh, we've got a lot of great guests and a lot of guests from the past. You know, um, we had Jason Patrick and Kiefer Sutherland, uh, Charisma Carpenter from Buffy, um, uh, Bob Odenkirk, many great guests. So please write a review and uh, remember the handles if you want to follow us are at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at Inside of You Pod on the Twitter. And uh, you can watch us on YouTube. Also, you can watch these videos. Ryan, you do a great job editing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, yeah. Also, if you want to join Patreon, my Patreon family, there's tiers and uh, Patreon's great because if you like the podcast, you want to give a little bit more to the podcast, you could join patreon.com slash inside of you. I write you a message right after you join thanking you. And there's a lot of tiers with a lot of great added bonus material and bonus stuff that you can get, uh, which is pretty awesome. At the end of this uh, episode, we're going to read out the uh, patrons like I always do. The top tiers get a shout out. That's what they get. I'd like to let you guys know that I'm going to be uh, in Lexington. Uh, actually, first, I'm going to be in Houston at a, a comic palooza July 17th. Wow. So I'm going to be rocking, signing autographs, doing a bunch of stuff. So if you're in Houston, go to comicpalooza.com or whatever. You'll find it. Uh, you can probably look on my uh, my handles, you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. At Michael Rose, <laughs> Rosenbaum on Twitter. Yeah. The Michael Rosenbaum on the Instagram and Facebook um, and other cons coming down the road, September 4th, dragon con. I'll be in Atlanta. I'll be in Lexington, September 9th through the 12th uh, for that weekend for the comic convention and uh, September 24th, West Virginia. Also the band um, we are going to be playing on stage it. If you go to stage it.com, actually you could just go to sunspin.com. The band is sunspin. We're going to be playing two shows two 2 PM and 6 PM, July 31st, Saturday, July 31st, so get your tickets. It's going to be a great show covers and uh, we're going to play some of the album and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Also, if you want any Sunspin merch, band merch, go to sunspin.com. You could book the band. You could uh, uh, Zoom with me. Also, the Inside of You online store, if you want any Inside of You uh, merch, we've got uh, tons of stuff, new mugs, um, shirts, Lex Luthor shirts. Lunch boxes, Smallville lunch boxes, uh, Funko Pops. I'll sign them so you know them. They're for me because I see a lot of people signing Ryan. You know, there's 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 people that are selling my stuff and like why don't I? At least they'll know it's from me. Yeah. So that the real deal. It's the real deal. Do you have a good week, man? Are you, are you is your stress? Are you a little better? I know you're doing some therapy. No, it was good. I mean, honestly, I just got back from visiting my parents, and that was a really nice thing to do. Uh, you get along with your parents. I get along with my you parents. You like being around I your parents. I like being with my parents. I play guitar with my dad. Oh, man, 
It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I like hanging with my mom. They got a new puppy. What's the puppy's name? Blue. Blue. That a boy, Blue. She's uh, 12 weeks old. Really? She's going to be huge. Cute as a button. Cute as a button. She doesn't know how her body works. It's really adorable. That's that's it's always a treat watching that watching them grow and then yeah especially when you get them at a young age and you just love them more as they get older and older they just they're always that puppy we've never had a puppy growing up this is the first pup well congratulations on that Thank congratulations you. to you going to therapy I think yeah. that's marvelous yeah uh, hopefully you guys are all doing well taking care of yourself uh, doing therapy if you need it I think we all probably need it I know yeah. I do thanks for listening thanks for uh, tuning in uh, I just had a surgery uh, everything's going well. Um, I am, I am alive and, uh, you know, it takes time to heal, but, uh, it's, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna work out in the end. I think we should probably read out the, uh, the, uh, top tier patrons. I think that's a marvelous plan. You know, before we do that, I want to write, read you a little, uh, read you a little letter here. This is from a fan. This is from a listener, more importantly, Petra. Hey, Michael, really enjoyed the unique style of your podcast with their mental health life lessons perspective. I showed up originally as a Smallville fan who enjoyed your portrayal of Lex Luthor better than Gene Hackman, in my opinion, with more depth and nuance. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you, Petra. Oh, I began rewatching recently as a way of escaping the pandemic. I look forward to seeing you in some new movies or series after the current situation is over. I have the feeling you would be amazing in a film noir role. Anyway, best of luck with Sunspin, the band, and a happy new year, Petra. Just thought that was nice. Just reading, you know, little little blurbs. <laughs> you like hearing that you're better than Gene Hackman, too. Well, maybe that's why I read it. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't suck. <laughs> All right, here are the top tier patrons. If you join Patreon, go to patreon.com slash inside of you. I read a message. Uh, I'll read your message, and I'll, and I'll send you a message for joining and thanking you. And uh, it's a lot of fun if you want to help the podcast in any other way. Uh, these are the big shout outs. Nancy D, Mary B, Leah S, Trisha F, Sarah V, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Lauren G, Nico, Robin S, Jerry W, Robert B, Jason W, Apothean, Kristen K, Amelia O, Allison L, Lucas M. We got Raj C, Joshua D, Emily S, CJ P. <laughs> yes, we do. Samantha M, Jennifer N, Stacy L, Carly H, Carly S, Jen S, Jamal F. Janelle B, Tabitha272, not to be confused with. Tabitha273. Kimberly E, Mikey L, Don Supremo. 99 more, Ramira, Santiago M, Sarah F, Chad W, Leanne P, Ray A, Maya P, Maddie S, Kendrick F, Ashley F, E, Ashley E, Shannon D, Matt W, Belinda N, Kevin V, James R, Chris H, Dave H, Samantha S, Spider-Man Chase, Sheila. G. Correct. Mm. Ray H, Tabitha T. See, I just want to keep him on his toes, folks. Tabitha T, Tom N, Suzanne B, Liliana A, Michelle K, Marcus W, Hannah B, Michael S, Talia M, Andrew T, Betsy O, Claire, Claire, she did it on a dare, Claire, Liz J, Laura L, Chad L, Rochelle, uh, Rochelle, Nathan E. I'm one of those guys who sometimes has to lick their lips because of the papers. Otherwise, I can't get them. Do you ever do that? I think I'm going to have to start doing that at some point. Is it an age thing? No, I've been doing it for years and my friends make fun of me. Taylor K, Marion, Meg K, Janelle P, Trav L, Dan N, Diane R, Ajeta, Lorraine G, Corey M, Veronica K, Big Stevie W, Kendall T, Carol D, Sandy B, Angel M, Eric C, Rhiannon C, uh, Stephen M, Corey K, Super Sam, Emily C, Sherry S, Coleman G, David C, Michelle A, Matt W, Liz L, Jeremy C, Andy T, Cody R, Chris E, Sebastian K, 
Gavinator, Anne H, Elliot M, and John B. Thank you guys uh, for subscribing to the podcast, giving extra to the podcast. You patrons rule. Um, and uh, Ryan, they like you on the Q and A's. Ryan sometimes helps me with the Q and A's, and uh, unfortunately for you, Ryan, they like you, which means hopefully you'll do it again. I hate being liked. I hate <laughs> being liked. It just really sucks. Anyway, uh, appreciate you guys listening to the show. And uh, please tell everybody, you know, and write an email and get folks to listen. And uh, I love doing this and I love you guys. Thank you for allowing me to be inside of each and every one of you from myself, Michael Rosenbaum nice. and myself, Ryan Tejas. Give him a wave over at the big camera up there. Bye. We love you guys. Thanks so much. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.